Welcome back to These Are The Words. I'm Eric Grun, and we're going to pick up with Liber Primus by Carl Gustav Jung. Experiences in the Desert After a hard struggle, I have come a piece of the way nearer to you. How hard this struggle was. I had fallen into an undergrowth of doubt, confusion, and scorn. I recognize that I must be alone with my soul. I come with empty hands to you, my soul. What do you want to hear? But my soul spoke to me and said, If you come to a friend, do you come to take? I knew that this should not be so, but it seems to me that I am poor and empty. I would like to sit down near you and at least feel the breath of your animating presence. My way is hot sand. All day long, sandy, dusty paths. My patience is sometimes weak, and once I despaired of myself, as you know. <coughs> My soul answered and said, You speak to me as if you were a child complaining to its mother. I am not your mother. I do not want to complain. But let me say to you that mine is a long and dusty road. You are to me like a shady tree in the wilderness. I would like to enjoy your shade. But my soul answered, You are pleasure-seeking. Where is your patience? Your time has not yet run its course. Have you forgotten why you went into the desert? My faith is weak. My face is blind from all that shimmering blaze of the desert sun. The heat lies on me like lead. Thirst torments me. I dare not think how unendingly long my way is. And above all, I see nothing in front of me. But the soul answered, You speak as if you have still learned nothing. Can you not wait? Should everything fall into your lap ripe and finished? You are full, yes. You teem with intentions and desires, desirousness. Do you still not know the way to truth stands open only to those without intentions? <clears throat> I would just make a commentary here. I would say without intentions or expectations. Intentions are okay. I would say you can intend to find the truth.
but don't expect it. <laughs> That's just my own, <laughs> my own thoughts. Okay, continuing. I know that everything you say, oh my soul, is also my thought. But I hardly live according to it. The soul said, how, tell me, do you then believe that your thoughts should help you? I would always like to refer to the fact that I am a human being, just a human being who is weak and sometimes does not do his best. But the soul said, is this what you think it means to be human? You are hard, my soul, but you are right. How little we still commit ourselves to living. We should grow like a tree that likewise does not know its law. We tie ourselves up with intentions, not mindful of the fact that intention is the limitation. Yes. The exclusion of life. We believe that we can illuminate the darkness with an intention and in that way aim past the light. How can we presume to want to know in advance from where the light will come to us? Let me bring only one complaint before you. I suffer from scorn, my own scorn, but my soul said to me, do you think little of yourself? I do not believe so. My soul answered, Then listen. Do you think little of me? Do you still not know that you are not writing a book to feed your vanity, but that you are speaking with me? How can you suffer from scorn if you address me with those words that I give you? Do you know then who I am? Have you grasped me, defined me, and made me into a dead formula? Have you measured the depths of my chasms? and explored all the ways down which I am yet going to lead you. Scorn cannot challenge you if you are not vain to the marrow of your bones. Your truth is hard. I want to lay down my vanity before you since it blinds me. See, that is why I also believed my hands were empty when I came to you today, I did not consider that it is you who fills empty hands if only they want to stretch out, yet they do not want to. I did not know that I am your vessel, empty without you but brimming over with you. This was my twenty-fifth night in the desert. This is how long it took my soul to awaken from a shadowy being to her own life, 
until she could approach me as a freestanding being separate from me. And I received hard but salutary words from her. I needed that taking in hand since I could not overcome the scorn within me. The spirit of this time considers itself extremely clever, like every such spirit of the time. But wisdom is simple-minded, not just simple. Because of this, the clever person mocks wisdom. Since mockery is his weapon, he uses the pointed, poisonous weapon because he is struck by naive wisdom. If he were not struck, he would not need the weapon. Only in the desert do we become aware of our terrible simple-mindedness but we are afraid of admitting it. That is why we are scornful. But mockery does not attain simple-mindedness. The mockery falls on the mocker. And in the desert, where no one hears and answers, he suffocates from his own scorn. The cleverer you are, the more foolish your simple-mindedness. The totally clever are total fools in their simple-mindedness. We cannot save ourselves from the cleverness of the spirit of this time through increasing our cleverness, but through accepting what our cleverness hates most, namely simple-mindedness. Yet we also do not want to be artificial fools because we have fallen into simple-mindedness, Rather, we will be clever fools. That leads to the supreme meaning. Cleverness couples itself with intention. Simple-mindedness knows no intention. Cleverness conquers the world. But simple-mindedness, the soul. So take on the vow of poverty of spirit in order to partake of the soul. Against this, the scorn of my cleverness rose up. Many will laugh at my foolishness, but no one will laugh more than I laughed at myself. So I overcame scorn. But when I had overcome it, I was near to my soul, and she could speak to me, and I was soon to see the desert becoming green. Now we'll conclude with this section and follow in the next episode with the following section, Descent into Hell in the Future. Thank you so much for listening and good night.